Thank you for listening to this week's podcast from the Horsham Church of Christ. For more information, please visit our website at www.horsham.org.au. Thank you, team. Uh, <clears throat> great to uh, be with you and ministering with you and uh, gathering together in the name of Jesus. And we trust that whatever you experience, that it's one that uh, you're encountering him and awakened to his plans and his purposes uh, in a variety of ways. Recognise we all come with our own stories, don't we? Uh, Recognise we all come with our own questions and our own struggles. All right, who's ready to... Uh, Who's ready to unpack the scriptures a little bit and discover what God wants to say to us today? Who needs a fresh revelation of the Holy Spirit? Does anyone need some healing of life, heart, mind, body, spirit? No one. We're all completely 100% good to go. Excellent. Well, we've reached heaven apparently. Um, All right, so here we go. Uh, Our series started uh, unpacking, discovering our shape recognising that we're all God's masterpiece. Now, I do want to apologise. If your name's not up on the screen there, I apologise. Please don't take it personally, but I hope you get the point that we're all a work in progress. We're all involved. We're all connected. We're all engaged. We're all a part of who we are. We're all a part of this community. We're all a part of the church. Uh, Regardless of your faith journey, if you're here today, you have become a part of the church. (laughs) Welcome. Um, So... The reason we've, we've done this is because we wanted us to recognise that we help each other get better. We help each other pursue the heart of the Father and live out of the heart of the Father. Uh, over the last few weeks, we've un- been unpacking this idea that shape uh, being, S being what? With a bit of confidence, it'd be really good. Um, S being what? Spiritual gifts. H being heart. A being... A being abilities, P being, and E being. Um, we've, we've done this and we've hoped we've given you connections so you remember it. The other thing that we do is uh, create a live event on New Version or Bible.com. So um, you can have all the scriptures there, you can go and read the scriptures, you can read around the scriptures and make sure we're actually saying what the scriptures say and not just taking them and pulling them to make them say what we want them to say, but what God wants to say to us. So that's an important, and if you don't like technology, just write the scriptures down. Go home and check it for yourself. Because the investment that we make as a worship team, as the, uh, as the leaders, as the teachers of this series, is, is only a small part, only a small part, re- realistically, for all the time and energy and effort and thought that goes into this time, it is only a small investment in what you can make into your own journey with God. We want to give you resources, we want to give you skills, we want to give you thoughts, we want to awaken new things, we want to challenge ideas, we want to release the heart of God, uh, of the Father over us so that we can walk away with something new and fresh and be awakened to his purpose. But but that's only a small part of what you can do and what you're responsible for. Last week, as Shirley pointed out, um, we highlighted the nature of the buckets that we carry. Uh, Whether it's family, whether it's finances, whether it's friendships, family in all their expressions, so marriage, children, uh, elderly parents, um, work, social life, community, uh, volunteering, all these buckets that we carry. And all of these buckets are expression of God's kingdom. We recognise that. 
But what often happens with these buckets is we often disconnect them from God's kingdom. We often remove them out of God's kingdom. And we use the idea that this uh, bathtub or the baptistry over to my left here is the idea of God's kingdom. And he wants to fill that up and we live out of the overflow of God's kingdom. And I actually want to explore that a little bit more today. But what we often do is grab our family and we put the family separate, we put our uh, relationships separate, uh, extended friendships, relationships, we put our work separate, we put our finances separate and then we just move bucket to bucket trying to keep them all full or at least semi-full so we feel better about our lives rather than placing them under the authority of God's kingdom. And I really want to challenge you to test this. Seriously, if you're struggling in any area of your life, I challenge you to go and find a quiet spot where you get into the heart of God, where you confess to the Father that He's not rule over your life, that He's not the King over your life, and ask Him to bring change. You want to put Him authority. You want to, make, you want to submit to His rule and to His direction and to His heart for your life and see what happens. But I can't make that investment for you. You've got to make that investment. Part of the problem is that some of you will say, but I've tried, and that's part of the problem. Because you're trying and not surrendering. Huge difference. Because when we try, we're still trying to organise God to suit what we want, rather than submitting to his authority. Big difference. So this idea of living out of the expression of God's kingdom and not keeping things separate, but recognising, see, all these things are expression of the kingdom life. Your study, your school, your work, your family, they're all, they're all expressions of kingdom life. They're all expression of God's life and God's heart for you. This is actually an idea that God gave us the beginning of time. Genesis chapter 1, right back, right back at the beginning, God created technology and said, never use it. Um, Jared says to me all the time, Simon, if anything's going to go wrong with technology, you're going to find a way to make it happen. (laughs) Genesis chapter 1, focusing on God, the kingdom of God. Then God said, let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals and over all the creatures that move along the ground. Now, I need to stop here for a sec. We need to understand that God begins with us. And not just us in terms of you and me, but us as in Father, Son, Holy Spirit community. God is already in community from the beginning of time. So hold that and follow through with me. Uh, Verse 27 there, so God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created the male and female, he created them. God blessed them and said to them, isn't that interesting? It it says to them, (laughs) you notice that? He says to them, he doesn't say one to the other and then speak into the other, he says to them, together. uh, Be fruitful and increase in number, fill the earth and subdue it, rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground. Then God said, I give you every seed-bearing plant on the face of the whole earth and every tree that has fruit with seed in it, and they will be yours for food. And it was so. What I want us to understand here, that from the beginning of time, God has placed a very intentional and meaningful purpose for every single one of us. Sure, this is a story about Adam and Eve, that we know to be Adam and Eve, but we know that Adam and Eve is not the end of the story, don't we? 
Even if we're not followers of Jesus, even if we've got no concept of church or the story of scripture, we know that the story of Adam and Eve and they did something wrong and the snake came and they didn't do what they were meant to do and the world has been fractured and broken ever since. But we know there was a purpose from the very beginning of time that God created humanity and gave a gift to humanity that it was to be passed on, to increase, to bless. Sometime later, some generations later, we read it as Genesis chapter 12. Um, we read the story of Abram, who became Abraham. Uh, we read the story of Abram, and, and God says to Abram, uh, just pack up. You know, and, and this, is, I mean, this is an astonishing story. In a world that is full of tribes and family and villages, if you like, if that's a more helpful image for you, God says to one man, I want you to pack up everything that you have and I want you to leave your tribe. Not even a question of giving the outcome or where he wants him to go, but quite simply, pack up, get all your family, get all your things together and trust me. And this is what he says to him in verse two, chapter 12, verse 2, I will make you into a great nation and I will bless you. So it's about what God is doing. So this is the nature of surrender and authority and us trying. How does God start? I will make you. This isn't about Abram going and finding his place of authority in the world and establishing himself. This is about Abram learning to trust and continue to submit and to surrender to the heart of the Father. Are you getting the difference? Do you understand the difference? I will make your name great. Not what you do will make your name great. Not how many children you have will make your name great. Not how great your empire will be will make your name great. But God says, I will make your name great. Abram, surrender authority. Submission, trust. Verse 3, I'll bless those who bless you and whoever curses you I'll curse. Now understand this, and all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. See, whatever God gives you, whatever God has shaped you for, whatever kingdom purpose God has in mind for you, whatever skills, whatever resources, whatever struggles, whatever heartaches, whatever um, difficulties you have faced, they can be used to the glory of God so that God can bless the nations through you. You might have to go home and chew on that one for a little bit. And some of us are going through hardship and it's hard to see God's kingdom purpose. I get it. I understand that. I understand fully everything that you're going through. I'm not God. But I know that God wants to bless you and bless others through you. And this is what I want us to understand and grasp today. Whoever you are, whatever skills you have, whatever experiences you've had, whatever abilities you've had, whatever your personality, you have been created and God will make you great and he will bless others through you. But you've got to be willing, I've got to be willing to submit to him first. Uh, this idea of God blessing and creating people uh, for his glory and releasing something is something that goes, releasing his kingdom purposes, sorry, goes through scriptures time and time again. This is probably my life verse. Psalm 71 verse 18. Even when I am old and grey, no offence to those who are old and grey. Um, my God, 
Till I declare your power to the next generation, your mighty acts to all who are to come. Oh, every time I read it, I go, yes. That's what I want to be. I want to be the kind of guy, and I am going grey, that's why I cut my hair so you can't see it. Um, but uh, I just can't be bothered brushing it, quite frankly. But um, even when I'm old and grey, my task is not done because I can cheer on other generations. See, even when I'm old and grey, that's not an excuse to shrivel up in a ball and say, I'm done. Even when I'm old and grey and sick and struggling, that's not an excuse to shrivel up in a ball and say that I'm done. And I know it's easy to say when I'm not yet old and grey, but um, this, this is my life verse. This is what I want to hold on to, that even when, wherever I am, whatever I'm doing, I'm passing the, thing, the, the life of faith on to the next generations. So we read, and then we get into the story of Jesus. And we read in Matthew chapter 10. And Jesus is very intentional about the time that he gives and who he gives to. Uh, we know that he focuses on uh, 12 people and more intentionally upon three people, uh, but also gets interrupted along the way and makes investment in different people. But at, in Matthew chapter 10, we read the story of Jesus sending out people, sending out his followers. And he says, uh, these 12 he sends out, and as you go, proclaim this message, the kingdom of heaven has come near, heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, uh, drive out demons. And this is, the, this is really the statement I want us to capture today, because I want it to capture in the context that it's written. Freely you have received, freely give. And do you know how you can do that? It's only when we come under the full submission and authority of Jesus Christ as Lord and Saviour. Because when we don't, we make it all about us and how hard we find it and how someone upset us. See, when we get upset, we've got to come back under the authority. These disciples, these 12 that Jesus sent out, they'd done nothing to earn his favour. They'd done nothing to be selected into his group. He just said, hey, fellas, come. Fisherman, tax collector, um, rabble. Maybe that, that might be unfair, actually. But then he says to them, all right, you've watched me a little bit. You've seen me a little bit. You've realised what I've offered you. And I've actually asked nothing from you. And I'm still asking nothing from you, but out of the authority that I have, because I've given freely out of the authority that I come under in my Father, I'm giving it to you. Now you go, you pass it on. And they come back. When they come back, they go, Jesus, you should have seen what was happening. And it, these, these 12 revolutionise, well, not these 12 exactly, but because there's one who betrayed Jesus, these 11 plus another one who, anyway, 12. But then we go on, Jesus, I'm getting to a point. Um, Matthew 28, <clears throat> Jesus came to them and said, all authority, so even Jesus recognises authority, this one without sin, this one who was perfect, both divine and human, recognises the authority that he comes under. But that's been given to me. Now, because that authority has been given to me, I'm now going to release you. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son 
and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. Now, if we're followers of Jesus here today, we have a very intentional purpose and a very intentional call. But what we often do is read this scripture and we go, oh, see, some of you have already switched off because you've gone, oh, it's one of those messages. I'm not doing very good about telling other people about Jesus. All right, breathe. Come back to me. Everyone back here with me? All right, you're not switched off. Take the burden off. It's not your burden, all right? Relax, chill. Let's see if we can approach this slightly different way. We certainly are called into something very specific and something very purposeful about passing on the good news of Jesus Christ. There's no doubt about that. But we are called to do that according to our spiritual gifts, according to the heart that's been placed within us, with the abilities that we have, according to our personality and according to the experiences that we have had. Not according to how everyone else does it. This is not an invitation to compare one another, which is often what we do. But what I do want to say is that we need to recognise the authority that we come under and the authority that it's been released for us according to Jesus Christ. See, we get overwhelmed, I think. I think I get overwhelmed. I'm saying this from a personal perspective and maybe it's something that captures you because we don't recognise or submit to the authority that is Jesus. And we make this about us. And it's not meant to be about us. Who's it meant to be about? Jesus. And I, I fear in, in the things that I've heard and the conversations that I've had, we, we don't like simplifying it that much. But man, our world needs a simple message, doesn't it? So let me try and approach this from a different way. This is very, this, we I take this very, very seriously. And if you're new amongst us, uh, that, this might be helpful. So uh, our logo um, and our vision and our core values, the things that we want to live by. Uh, Horsham Church of Christ, transforming our community in the name of Jesus. Present, authentic, courageous and generous. Now, I want us to, look at this, this is fancy, isn't it? Um, I want us to understand that the cross, the person of Jesus is where we start and finish. He's the one who motivates, inspires, drives, gives us purpose, gives us meaning. He's the one who affects us. He's the one under whose authority I come, under whose authority our leadership comes, under whose authority this church comes. And then, we, are because we're affected by Christ, because we're inspired and awakened by Christ, we're awakened to His call and to His purposes and we ripple out from there. But we also move back into the centre that is Christ. And when Christ affects me, I'm being transformed. I'm being changed. And when I'm being changed, I get to contribute to bringing change because the authority that is in Christ into our community. You follow? Is that... Not very complicated, is it? Has anyone got any questions yet? It's that simple, is it? Yeah, wow, okay. So let me try this again. I want to give you a picture of how this works, and I feel like I need to do it off the platform. So, to those of you upstairs, I apologize. Um, so, I'm invited to influence and invest in this in different ways because of the authority that is given to me by Christ. So, firstly, um, Andrew, will you come and stand here for me? My wife just groaned at me. 
Come and stand with me. Okay, you love this. You won't be the only one groaning at me by the end of this, so that's okay. All right, this is my wife, Andrea. All right, yeah. Um, we've, been, we've been married 25 happy years. But the first person I need to invest in as a follower of Jesus is my wife. Yeah? Now, I think what we've done too, we read scripture and we go, the husband is the head of the house, which means the husband is in charge. The husband sets the tone. The husband sets the direction. Um, Look, I want to say, I think that's an unhealthy perspective. The husband sets the direction in as much as he declares life over his house, as he declares the person of Jesus over his house. Do you understand the difference? When if I speak into my, if I'm saying to my wife, this is what we're going to do, and it's actually causing Andrea to shrink back and become less of who she's made to be, I'm not actually the head of the house. But if I say to Andrea, you know what, as followers of Jesus, this is how we want to behave, this is how we want to live, this is how we want to serve. Now, that's not always very easy, is it? We haven't always enjoyed those conversations. <laughs> All right? So then Andrea, so I invest, I've got to put a, a high, huge amount of time, just keep going, that's all right. Now, um, girls, May, Grace, Lily, Ruby, you come, come, come. Quickly, quickly, quickly. Hello. <laughs> these are my girls, these are our girls, not just my girls because I've, had, I've needed Andrea to produce these girls just in case you weren't. These are our beautiful girls, and they are beautiful in every way. Um, they have been frustrating as much as I've been frustrating to them, but this is May, uh, our oldest, this is Grace, uh, Lily, and Ruby. And I've had to learn how to speak into their life for all their various personalities and hearts and experiences and abilities that they have. And that's all very different. Now, one of the things I want to say to young dads, um, so one of the things I've learned and one of the things I want to speak to young dads is one of the sadness about um, what I've actually passed on to my girls is I don't think I've actually passed on uh, a healthy way of developing a devotional life because what I would do when I would get up, and so if you're a young dad here, I want to give this as a gift to you, all right? So this is long-term investment. I'm about to give you a short-term investment as a young dad. If you get up early in the morning thinking that you're going to have a nice, quiet time, uh, and read scriptures before your kids wake up, and it doesn't matter how quiet you are around the house, the kids still wake up, yeah? Pick the kids up, sit them on your knee, read the scriptures anyway. Because I didn't do that for my girls, and that saddens me. But what I hope I have offered them as the investment we've made is that I hope that I've, we've released, we've released, <laughs> We've released life and purpose and meaning and we've had conversations of faith and wrestle and frustration and at times I've had to go back and apologise for my behaviour and I've had to call out the things of God in these girls as well. This is the greatest investment that I can make as a dad, yeah? This is the investment you want me to make as your minister in this church. Now, I don't, please don't look at this and think, Simon, you've got it all good and it's all perfect. This is not perfect. You can, no, don't ask them stories. <laughs> we have struggles and we have questions and there's been times where I haven't led this family well. 
But I want to keep coming back to the submission of Jesus Christ as my Lord and Saviour, and I want to pass that on to my girls and to my wife. All right, you can go sit down. Thanks very much. <laughs> so, Jared, you come and stand here. Uh, Linda's not here. Linda's out. Don't hold my hand. No. <laughs> you just behave. Kerry, can you come out for me too? Kylie, can you come? Is Kylie here? Kylie, can you come out for me? Lockie, can you come out for me, please? Yeah, I know. There'll be yours. Jenny, can you come out for us, please? Uh, Linda Oman is uh, out seeing, overseeing and working with our children's ministry. So these are the people I work with. I have everyone, don't I? Where's Jordan? Is Jordan here today or not? No, Jordan's not here today. Uh, Katie, you can come and represent Jordan. Thanks very much. <laughs> uh, Linda McDonald, you can come and be another Linda for me. You can be Linda Oman. <laughs> so this is Linda Oman, just for the sake of this, just so you see. So these are the people I come into work with every day. Now, this is not the same investment that I make into this group of people as it is that I make to my family. It's not as, um, I don't know what the word is, but this is not as, no, you like to make it more intimate than I like it sometimes, but, <laughs> but this is a different investment. But it's still got to come under that authority of Jesus Christ, Yeah. So we sit around and we discuss and we work out how we make things work, how we refine things, what's the vision given God has given us, how we release this at a greater way uh, in the life of the church, and not just for the life of the church. I want you to understand this. The life of the church is a very narrow part of that image, of that logo, because we've got to move very widely out to this. Because the investment that I make into this group of people, right? remembering that Katie is Jordan, <laughs> and Linda McDonald is Linda Oman, the investment that I make into this group of people then affects the investment that they make into their family. And I want to create an environment, and I hope that I've created an environment, where this, this group of people actually like coming into work. You, you can check that with them if you like, but I feel mostly pretty safe about it. We have, we have some tough days, but it's not just about coming in and getting tasks done, it's actually about coming in, how's your family? What's happening in your world? How's your relationship with God? Let's pray together. Let's plan together. Let's prepare together. Let's struggle together. Let's cry together. And Jared was right. Last week was a shocker. Absolute shocker for us in many different ways. But we got together. And the investment that I make in this is returned as they make an investment into me. As they care and love for me. So you honour the people who work and serve amongst our church. Thanks, guys. Thanks, team. You can stay here. Uh, our elders. So Jared serves as an elder at the moment. Peter, uh, where are our elders? 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 Because I always miss someone if I say you by name. We'll try and move. And diners in cogs too. Yes. All right. Diane. Diane, you're Dinah. <laughs> Considering your mother and all. Um, but again, so this relationship, again, is not as intimate, um, but still intentional. So this relationship is a lot around uh, faith and leadership and ministry and vision. And also at times about uh, 
checking the tune of meetings and checking the tune of relationships and praying together and caring for each other and expressing heaviness we heaviness we and lightness and joy we've got an agenda but sometimes that agenda goes out the window as we move according to the spirit of god and we have a pretty good team of people here a very faithful team of people you know what my investment in this group of people to be as intentional or as focused perhaps as the investment that i make into the staff or as in, intentional or as focused as the investment that I make into my family, do you? Can you see what I'm saying here? The investment changes, but it remains under the authority of Jesus. And the care that I offer to this group of people is not as intentional and not the same as the care or as focused as I offer to the staff, because I don't see this group of people all the time, every day. But when we do see each other, it's really intentional because I know that when we do get together and we meet together, I want their investment, the investment that I bring in my relationship with Jesus to be one where as we invest in each other, we flow out and the ripple effect goes out from there. You follow? So I give you an elders a round of applause. Thank you. But the ripple's not finished yet. Um... Where's he gone? He's just, he's changing a nappy. Um, <laughs> unbelievable. Katie, you need to come back up for me. Uh, oh, I've lost, my brain's gone, it's blank. James, where are you? James and Jess, you come up. Uh, so Katie's again, Jordan. Hannah, you can come up and be Damien. And Chris, is Chris right here today or not? No. Oh, Michael. Michael, you come up. I meet with these people, remembering that Katie is Jordan, (laughs) and at the moment Hannah is Damien, representing the family here. Okay? Uh, And Chris Wright. uh, And I meet with these people on a regular basis. Monthly, six-weekly, two-monthly. But you don't want my investment in this group of people to be the investment that I make into my family, do you? But the investment that I make here is just as vital as these are people seeking to work out what it looks like to follow Jesus and seeking to work out how that fits in their marriages, how that fits in their social life, how that fits in their work and we unpack, we explore scripture, we explore ideas, we explore struggles, we pray together, I pray for them, that's the investment, I hope that I speak life and purpose and meaning and the beauty and the wonder of Jesus into them but you don't want my investment in this group of people to be the same investment that I make to my family, do you? But we understand, like, the investment that we make has to come under the authority of Jesus. And we can't all make the same investment to all people. But what I hope I can, what I would like to do for many, I do for a few. So I mentor this group of people, meeting them once a month, once every six weeks, whenever they need it, Messaging, text messaging, trying to cheer them on, uh, speak life into them and, and point them back to Jesus. Because I don't have an answer to a lot of their questions. And that's not to say, I don't want to say, oh, Jesus is the answer to all your problems and therefore everything's sweet, because that's... Oh, um, because that's not often how it works. I'm being a follower of Jesus and I've still got struggles, I've still got hardships at times. I feel, still feel sad. Following Jesus doesn't take away everything, but it gives us purpose. It gives us a place to go back to and surrender to. It gives us a person to surrender to. So thanks, 
Ladies and gentlemen, well done. And then, and then where's my life group? So life group, we, Tim, Linda, Naomi, Mark, Mia, Andrea. Don't, don't do that. So this is, this is our life group. We meet with them weekly. Mia is um, Dean. Um, so these are, these are the people who we get together when we're not doing Alpha. We get together in our homes. We meet together. We unpack scripture together. We pray together. We've cried together. We've eaten together. We've argued together. Um, but that investment is different again. But we all do it because we want to become more like Jesus. And we want Jesus to speak in our lives. And if you're not in life group, I really want to encourage you to think about it because there's a group of people who get to know you, who get to invest in you, who get to speak into your life, who get to cheer you on, who get to pray for you, who get to value you and say and remind you of who you are when you can't remind yourself. This is what makes this group so important. This is a group that invests in me as much as I invest. It's probably a mutual investment as much as me being a leader or a head or a mentor, this is a mutual investment. But it comes under the authority and it ripples out and it ripples back. Transforming our community in the name of Jesus. All right, thank you. Yeah. Um, and I, so, and I'll just come, Michael, will you just stand up for me just where you are? Michael Bauma, yeah. And where's Len gone? Where's, where are you, Len? So these two guys are in CFA, um, Country Fire Authority. Uh, give them a round of applause just because. Right. So I might not necessarily see these two guys uh, every week, but every week I go into the CFA headquarters and I meet with the operations manager uh, and operations officers and um, BASOs, which I can't, business administrative support officers, is that right? <laughs> Woohoo! Uh, CFA. One acronym after another. Um, so, uh, and I, so these guys represent CFA standing here. I might not see them personally, but I go and invest in CFA. I go and hopefully speak life in the CFA. I go and cheer them on. I ring up the brigade captains and the group officers uh, throughout our district um, on a regular basis. That's the investment that I make, but I make that investment under, under the authority of Jesus. But also not under the authority of Jesus, but under the authority of CFA and Converge as the chaplaincy forum. See, I've got to come under authority. Wherever I go and whatever I do, I'm under authority. If it's in my family, I've got to come under the authority of Jesus. Thanks, guys, you can have a seat. I've got to come under the authority... Yeah, give him a round of applause. Sorry. I've got to come under the authority of Jesus. And at times, I've got to come under other authorities that are placed over me. And man, we have a huge issue with this. But if we want to know life, if we want to know the fullness of life, if we want to know what it is to pass it on, we've got to work out which authority and whose authority we're going to come under. St. Francis of Assisi says, keep a clear eye toward, or has said, because he's not around anymore, uh, keep a clear eye toward life's end. Do not forget your purpose and destiny as God's creature. And we forget it because we forget whose authority that we're under. What you are in his sight is what you are and nothing more. Remember that when you leave this earth, you can take nothing that you have received, but only what you have given. Only what you have given. Freely you have received, freely give. 
a full heart enriched by honest service, love, sacrifice and courage. Proverbs chapter 7 uh, verse 18 says, As iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. Think about the people that you're investing in. Who's around you? Who's in your ripple? Who's in your circle that you're sharpening and who's sharpening you? Who's investing in you? Who are you investing into? Who are you speaking life into? And I fear one of my great sadness of the church and one of the great struggles of the church is that we often wrestle with all the things that we're not and all the things we could be doing better if we did this one thing better. It would change everything else. If we made relationship with Jesus first, our primary focus, and then out of our relationship with Jesus, that rippled out, that our relationship with a few people, we can't do it for everybody. We can't. Don't try to. Not even Jesus did. Jesus asked 12 to gather around him, and then after that, he took another three to really intentionally speak into them. Jesus doesn't ask us to save everybody, but he asks us to live as saved people. It's not your responsibility, it's not my burden to save everybody. But for those of us who have declared Jesus Christ as our Lord and Saviour, it's ours to come back under his authority and live according to his ways so that we live as saved people. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24 says, Let us consider how, may, how we may spur one another on and toward good love, sorry, toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. Now, how we meet together is really open. I think this is really important. I think it is really vital for all the things that are saying this experience is dying. I think that's a lie and I think it's becoming more critical and more important that we gather like this as a church. Sure, we can find different ways to do it. We can find different expressions. That's why we're shutting these doors next week and going down to Sawyer Park because guess what? That is still an expression of gathering together. Is there no greater witness than the church actually going out and serving one another and smiling and cheering each other on and meeting up with friends and family and saying, hey, it's great to see you here. How's your life going? When Jesus is going through and leading people uh, and encouraging people on the way to Jerusalem, again, he's got a very intentional Uh, purpose on mind he knows what he's on about and many people have tried to distract him and this is part of the trouble we we get distracted we lose sight we lose sight of the authority that is in jesus and jesus is wandering around and not wandering it's got purpose and meaning he's having conversations with people he's been challenged by religious leaders who are looking for signs looking for all the things that prove who jesus is and at some stage he's walking along with his disciples and he says to his disciples who do people say that i am Some say John the Baptist, this is Matthew 16. Some say Elijah. Some say a great prophet. And then Jesus gets really personal, intimate, and he says, what about you? Who do you say I am? And that question is still as revolutionary and is still as powerful today because every single one of us in this room has to answer that question. Who do you say Jesus is? 
And is he the one who has the authority over your life? Is he the one who you're willing to trust in every area of your life, with your finances, with your friendships, with your marriage, with your children, in your workplace, in your study, in your school, with your career? Are you willing to trust him with a decision that you know you have to make, but you haven't yet asked him about? Who do you say Jesus is? Is he just a nice guy that we sing about so we feel better? Or is he genuinely king, lord, the authority over your life? That, the answer to that question, the one who has shown us life, full, expressed fully the love of God, expressed through human uh, experiences and outcomes and pain and struggles... And died so that you and I can have full access to God and know that in his death, our death has been overcome and our struggles have been overcome and our victory has already been claimed. So that we can participate in full life with him and be about being transformed and transforming our community in the name of Jesus.